If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Mary Inglebright. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dominate Test Prep podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, founder of Dominate Test Prep and host of the podcast. And in this episode, we are going to go back to the mailbag. These are episodes where I answer your questions, questions that you guys have submitted to me by email or direct message or comments you've left on YouTube. Wherever you guys interact with me, I hear you, I get them, and sometimes I address those questions explicitly on this podcast. So if this is your first episode that you're listening to, welcome. I am glad that you are here. If you're back listening again, I think you'll benefit from what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to answer a very specific question that somebody did send me because I think it's timely given an article I just read. So stay tuned for that. But I'm actually going to broaden it a little bit and go beyond just this particular question and talk about some of the benefits of getting a high score on your standardized test. I think there's an obvious one, right? There's an obvious benefit. There's a reason you're trying to do well on whichever standardized test you are taking, but there are some additional benefits, what I would call tangential benefits, that maybe you've never thought about that maybe may give you some added motivation to do what it takes to get a high score because there might just be something in it for you beyond just getting into the program that you are targeting. So (laughs) we will come back to that. I actually want to do a quick aside and let you in on something that I just learned about podcasting and give a shout out uh, to a listener. So uh, we are more than 40 episodes in now. We've been doing this for a while and I just learned something completely new about how reviews work. So for a while now, I've sort of been logging in and checking the podcast to see if you guys are leaving comments and reviews. And thank you, by the way, for all of the five-star reviews we are getting and several written reviews that you guys have left. And it just came to my attention that I can actually only see written reviews for my geographic location. And it turns out there's an organization that sort of charts and tracks podcasts. And they sent me an email and said, hey, here's all the reviews you've gotten. And I didn't recognize most of them. And some of them were from India and Mongolia. And I'm like, what's going on here? Hey, like there's stuff going on with this podcast that I didn't even know about. (laughs) And so I apologize if I've never given you a shout out in Mongolia and Pakistan and India and other places that you guys are listening and leaving written reviews. I just sort of figured out that you are doing that. And by the way, we're also ranked in some other countries as well. I think this week we are number six in self-improvement in Mongolia. So for all of you listening in Mongolia, thank you for supporting the Dominate Test Prep podcast. And I'll give a quick shout out to June Max one who did actually leave a written review from Mongolia that I am just now seeing <laughs> through other, other means, who said, this podcast absolutely helped my mindset, quote. He said, he said, the one episode which you mentioned regarding how to keep your motivation, that insight has really shaped how I feel about preparing for my standardized test. Previously, I thought I am very suffering and it's a burden on me. But after listening to that episode, I started rethinking that it's a privilege even to study for the test and thinking about doing my MBA, and eventually it would pay off. So June Max 1, if you are listening, thank you for that. I think that's awesome. That is exactly what we try to be about here at the Dominate Test Prep Podcast. 
And by the way, shoot me a quick email and I will hook you up with a free practice test if you are still studying for your standardized test. Again, thank you and thank you to all of you for continuing to support what we are doing here at Dominate Test Prep. All right, so with that, let's transition back to the specific mailbag question that was sent in and the larger conversation around tangential benefits of getting a high score on your standardized test. All right, so let's start with the mailbag question itself, and then we will build from there. Braden emailed me the following. He said, quote, is it true that consulting firms ask for your GMAT score during the job interview process? If so, is that a reason to take the GMAT instead of the GRE? End quote. It's a good question, Braden, and some of you may have that question. And for those of you not considering the GMAT or GRE, maybe you're not targeting business school, stay tuned because we are going to talk about other benefits of a high score on your standardized test. But this is actually a very similar question to what somebody posted on my YouTube channel just a couple of days ago again asking about this idea of does your score even matter after you get into school? Right, So let's kind of step back and talk big picture. I talk about these as being tangential benefits or additional benefits of having a high test score because I think it's fairly obvious that the main reason that you want to do well on your standardized test is to actually get into whatever program it is that you are targeting. Right? Hopefully you know sort of what that threshold number is for whichever standardized test you're taking that would make you competitive at the schools that you are applying to. And so you want to get that score put it on your application and boom, now you increase your chances of getting admitted. So that's sort of obvious. That's the no-brainer reason. But does your score actually matter after you're in school? What about when you graduate? For some of you, you might be thinking, wait a second, like they might ask me for my GMAT score or LSAT score or SAT score? E sort of, right? So let me sort of frame it this way. The first reason, so three tangential reasons for you. And the first tangential reason, the first additional potential benefit is that future employers may ask you for it so it can actually help you land a job, get a higher salary, sort of. And here's what I mean by sort of. This really only applies in the world of business. So law you know, law firms are not going to be asking for your LSAT score. Medical schools, as far as I know, or sorry, uh, like doctor's offices are not going to be asking for your MCAT score. Normal employers are not asking for your SAT and ACT score. But it is the case, or at least it has historically been the case, that some of the top consulting firms and accounting firms, and even some top finance firms do actually ask for your GMAT and recently your GRE score when you are applying for a job with them. Now, I kind of snuck that last little piece in there. So, Braden, my first answer to your question is no. As the GRE has become more popular and acceptable when applying to business school, so too firms will accept a GRE score if you were to submit it on your application 
application on your job application, right? So it's not just that, hey, we only want a GMAT score if we're McKinsey & Co. or Bain & Company or Goldman Sachs. Uh, if you took the GRE to get into business school, like, uh-oh, we're not going to take that. No. If you used a GRE to get into business school, just give them your GRE score. And they realize and they know now that the GRE is used by a lot of people to get into business school as well. So that's really not an issue. But I alluded to an article that came out literally just this week that may alter your thoughts on that a little bit. And I wanted to share some of it with you here. And the title of the article, published in Poets and Quants, I'll go ahead and post the link in the, in the show notes below, reads, quote, a GMAT score no longer a big deal for MBB jobs. And as I just mentioned, that could just as easily have read a GMAT slash GRE score. MBB, of course, is sort of a popular acronym referring to kind of the big three consulting firms, McKinsey, Bain, and BCG. But the article does talk about how investment banks like Goldman Sachs sometimes ask or historically have asked for your GMAT or GRE score as well. But the sort of the punchline and the point of the article is that eh, that's maybe not so much the case anymore. Here's a couple of quotes from the article specifically regarding Bain, Bain and Company. They said, look, business schools are admitting a much broader range of talent now, and we expect to find strong candidates from lots of different places that we wouldn't normally see them. And so even while they have historically asked for the GMAT, they said they are de-emphasizing the importance of an applicant's GMAT test results in their hiring decisions. And so they still may ask you for it, but it will not carry as much weight as it used to. And the consulting firm McKinsey also weighed in in the article. McKinsey and company said, hey, they expect to hire more MBAs this year than in any years in its recent history. So the MBA is still a very valuable degree. It's something that you know, still carries weight in terms of getting these tops, top jobs. But they said they view test scores as, an, uh, as a, quote, interesting metric, but they don't require them from job candidates. So Here's my point with all of this, and specifically regarding what McKinsey said. It can definitely be a feather in your cap, right? As a tangential benefit, if you do well and you get a high score, it can help you land that job because you can put it on your application and say, hey, I did really well on the GMAT or GRE, and yet they may not actually require it from you. So there you go, Braden. Hopefully you found my response helpful. Go ahead and read through that article that I will post below. I think the short answer to your question is, no, I wouldn't necessarily choose the GMAT over the GRE for that explicit reason. And I guess the larger context is that there still could be some additional benefit, some additional value to doing well in terms of helping you land a job with future employers, but that's maybe not quite as black and white as it once was. All right, so that's the first potential tangential benefit of a high test score, at least in the world of business. I think these next two are going to be applicable to all of you. And the second is that a high standardized test score can help you win 
scholarships, to help you earn scholarships, earn money to actually go back to school. And that is a significant benefit. Obviously, if you have to pay less money out of pocket or take less student loans because the school is giving you money because they say, hey, we want you at our school. You are going to help raise the profile of our school. You bring with you a really high standardized test score. We want you in our classrooms. Of course, that would be something that you would want, right? Leading business schools in the United States alone contribute around $230 million annually toward MBA scholarships. That's a big chunk of change, and a high GMAT score or GRE score can open the gateway for you to get one of those scholarships. Obviously, colleges earmark a certain amount of money for scholarships. Uh, my roommate, my roommate in college, I was jealous of him a little bit. <laughs> he's, he's a great guy, but uh, he was there on partial scholarship because he had done so well on the SAT. He got one of the merit-based scholarships to Duke University. Right? Some more anecdotal evidence for you. Uh, our resident LSAT expert, the instructor for, for our LSAT prep course here at Dominate Test Prep, Dave Hall, he's scored numerous 180s, which is a perfect score on the LSAT. Uh, and he used his 180 to go back to law school on a full ride. Literally, they said, hey, you, we'll, we'll pay all of your expenses. You just come be in our classroom so we can publish the 180 you know, on our metrics for our law school. And he was able to get his law degree for free. I received a partial scholarship to my graduate program at the University of Denver in part because of my high GRE score. And I recently received an email from one of my students, Owen, who said, hey, look, thank you for your course. He took the executive assessment. And in large part because of his high executive assessment score, he actually received a scholarship to Oxford's eMBA program. So those are just anecdotal, right? But I think we all realize and recognize that this is the reality in in the world today, in the, in the scholastic environment today. And I'll leave, leave you sort of with this interesting quote from John Fuller, a former admissions director at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, who said, quote, Look, somebody with a 770 GMAT score is much more likely to get a financial award than somebody with a 670. It can be much more likely for that business school to want to, quote, buy that high GMAT score. And I know that sounds awful. And I know it sounds like, wait, seriously? But if you think about how rankings work and these schools that are publishing their average and median GMAT scores and GRE scores and LSAT scores, right? They want to be able to boast that, you know, their incoming class has an average GMAT score of X. And if they can attract you to their school as opposed to a competitor school by offering you some money, they very well might do that. Now, this is where I slip in the caveats that GMAT scores, LSAT scores, MCAT scores, SAT scores are not the only things that schools consider, and they're not even the only factors for scholarships. They also factor in things like your undergraduate record, your GPA, other leadership attributes, and the clarity of your goals, and diversity of their incoming class. I mean, that is a reality as well. So just because you score that 770 on the GMAT or 180 on the LSAT, I guess if you get 180 LSAT. But but again, even if there are multiple people who are getting 180s applying to their school, they're probably not giving a free ride to all of them, right? So you need to bring something else to the table. But my point is, 
for the reason number two, tangential benefit number two of getting a high score is it absolutely can help you potentially get some of those all-important scholarships for your graduate program. All right, so number one, a high score may help you with future employers. Number two, may help you land scholarships. And the third tangential benefit that I want to discuss is that a high standardized test score can help you compensate on your application for lower stats elsewhere. Now, this is sort of a variation of the default reason that I talked about initially, which is the main reason we obviously want to do well is to make ourselves competitive to get admitted in the first place. But this goes beyond that. This reason you can think of sort of as turbocharging your application. And here's what I mean by that. Let's say you did not do well in undergrad, right? You partied a little bit too much, your GPA suffered your freshman and sophomore years, you didn't really kick it into gear until your junior and senior years, but you weren't quite able to drag your GPA up to where you would be proud of it today. And now you're applying to business school or law school, and you have some decent work experience, or maybe you don't even have some decent work experience. In other words, let's say there are some holes in your application, but you have figured things out in life. You're smart, you're capable, you're going to bring a lot to the table, and you need to be able to show that a high standardized test score can in some cases do that for you and help compensate for some of those deficiencies in other areas. Let's say, for example, you are applying to a business school that has an average or expected GMAT score of around 640. Okay, and I'm just sort of making up these numbers, and I know I'm talking a lot about the business school world, but you can apply this as well to law school or even undergrad, right? And so they're expecting something in this neighborhood of a 640, but you have some weaknesses elsewhere on your application. Do you just want to really meet their minimum threshold? Do you just want to sort of squeak in with a 630, a 640, or a 650? It may be enough. You may still get admitted. But if you can apply with a 700 GMAT, a 720 GMAT, like if you can far exceed their expectations on the GMAT or the GRE, now all of a sudden it makes up for your lower than expected GPA, for example, right? It shows that you have grown up from those undergraduate college days. It shows that you are serious. And more importantly, it actually literally shows them that you have the quantitative and verbal chops to succeed in business school. They can't look at you and say, ah, we have questions about his ability. He has shown the ability and then elsewhere in your application, you need to show that you, you know, have strong goals and desires and fit well with their program and have leadership qualities and all of those types of things as well. But at least from an academic standpoint, you have proven it with an above average and above expected standardized test score. I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions about that, you know where to find me, reach out to me. But there you go, three additional benefits, tangential benefits to getting a high score. You know you need one. That's why you're studying so much. That's why you're sacrificing your Friday nights to stay at home and work practice problems and practice tests. We get it. You're motivated. You want to do well because you want to get into school but there might be some other things there for you with a high test score. And of course, we are here to help you get that high test score. So if you are in need of support or tutoring or courses to help you prepare for your standardized test, of course, we've got you covered there. Head over to dominatetestprep.com. 
But for now, we'll go ahead and wrap up this mailbag episode or mailbag edition of the Dominate Test Prep podcast. If you want your question answered on an upcoming episode, feel free to, again, reach out to us. Our contact information will be in the show notes below as well. Continue to share us with your friends. Leave us those five-star reviews. We very much do appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, week, wherever you are (laughs) in your standardized test journey. And I will talk with you again next time on the Dominate Test Prep Podcast. Take care, everyone.